This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot of... This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this: we are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase right now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going West Trip Driver, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on another Tuesday. Listen, listen. We're not working on Memorial Day, all right? But we'll make it up. Welcome in. It's time to take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. After almost two decades in the Cup Series, Denny Hamlin collected his first career. Coca-Cola 600 Sunday night from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Hamlin also won the pole for the event, which would go down in history as NASCAR's longest race at 619 and a half miles. Carson Hosevar once again came oh so close to picking up his first career NASCAR Truck Series win, this time from Charlotte, but a late race caution set up a restart with Ryan Priest that resulted in the pair making contact down the backstretch before Hosevar ultimately wrecked in turn three, taking Priest with him. Ross Chastain would go on to collect the win. And how about Marcus Erickson? He survived a green-white checker to finish uh, to uh, finish first in the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 Sunday at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening, welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Uh, hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I did. Um, didn't do a whole lot Friday. Uh, Joy Fair Memorial 100 on Saturday, and then golf, golf, and more golf the last two days. So um, sitting down looking at you, Zach, this is a nice break. <laughs> Whoa, all right. Well, hey, I, I know that you know, you're not chasing a ball around a course, but... Uh, I tell you what, it was a busy weekend, a busy race weekend in our area, and you had your own crown jewel to take care of over the weekend. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if, if it was kind of worked out the same way it has uh, the last two times we ran the event. Brian Bergaker scored a victory on Saturday afternoon at the Flat Rock Speedway in the DTS Drivetrain Specialist Joy Fair Memorial 100. Bergaker has now captured three consecutive wins in the event uh, and collected over $3,000 in the process on Saturday. Paul Pelletier led the first 45 laps until Bergacre worked his way around uh, the four-time track champion on the high side. From that point on, uh, Bergacre, who was also the fast qualifier for the event, was never seriously challenged. He had it on cruise control, uh, although some of the finishes uh, were had, some good finishes were had within the top five. Five-time champ and uh, Eric Lee, who had won the first two events of 2022, came home second. And Scott Hans, uh running his first 100-lapper uh, after being so ill, this had a great run. He finished third. Um, it, he was just exhausted, but it was he had such a great run. I thought it was cool. Uh, and then Connor Zabozian and Trevor Berry, who came from the back of the field into the top five in his first ever race at Flat Rock um, after setting the track record at Toledo we talked about yeah. a, a week ago. Um he had a great run. It just took him a while to learn that racetrack. He's looking forward to get back for the Stanley Memorial 150, I think, um, in that Bobby Blount number 16 machine. So um, good event, but, uh, you know, uh, to, to be totally honest, Brian Berger, Bergacre did not have to work that hard. Um, th- they kind of made it easy on him, I think. Well, I tell you what, uh, Friday was pretty much a wash across the state. Uh, it was it was a tough go for a lot of folks to get racing in on Friday with uh, rain really all across the state. Uh, well, at least forecasted rain. I know that some of the places where they said they were going to get slammed 
Didn't, uh, but that's just the game you play as a track promoter. Hartford Speedway was one of the ones that fell on Friday. That was going to be a Great Lakes Super Sprint Series event, so everybody had to wait until Saturday to unload their race cars, and Crystal Motor Speedway would be the home of the Great Lakes Super Sprints on Saturday. 20 cars unloaded, and uh, 20 cars would start for 25 laps across uh, Crystal Motor Speedway, their second trip to the racetrack here in 2022. And Danny Sams, the third, would come from the outside pole to pick up his second feature win of the 2022 season. Uh, Sams held off Phil Gressman, who came from third. Max Stambaugh came from fourth. Dustin Daggett from fifth. If you hear the theme, Greg Dahlman came from sixth to get the win. Everybody moving up one spot in the top five. That would be because of problems for Tyler Rankin, who started on the pin. He slid all the way back to eighth by the time things were said and done. The big mover of the race... Not a very big move. Who's your who's your racing hard tire? Who's your racing tire hard charger? Uh, goes to Keith Sheffer Jr., who came from tenth to finish seventh. Jay Steinbach also moved up three spots from fourteenth to eleventh. So, not a very racy track on Saturday at Crystal, but nonetheless, Danny Sams the third goes back to victory lane with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Zach, someone else had an interesting race this weekend. Uh, Tyler Roerig made it back-to-back -back wins in a race that saw many of the contenders fall by the wayside during the 74th Lucas Oil Little 500 at Anderson Speedway. Roerig took the lead from Dakota Armstrong on lap 375 and continued to pace the field uh, to the finish Saturday before a near-capacity crowd. He had to survive a tangle just past the halfway point that could have ended his night. The red flag waved on lap 260 when Shane Hollingsworth made contact with the leader, Tanner Swanson. Behind that incident, Bobby Santos III checked up and made contact with Hollingsworth and Roerig. With the end result, Santos flipping over the back of Hollingsworth and barrel rolling several times before coming to a stop in turn number one. Roerig would also make contact with Billy Weiss on lap 271 to make things even more stressful. But uh, the contact didn't seem to hurt his 56 machine as he turned the fastest laps um, of the race in in the 11.4 second range, Zach, after the 400 lap mark, as he pulled away from Dakota Armstrong. Ryan Newman uh, brought out uh, the 12th caution flag on lap 495 up against the turn two wall, which uh, wiped out a comfortable lead for Roerig, but set up a five-lap shootout to the finish. Roerig beat Dakota Armstrong to the checkers by 1.129 seconds. And, Zach, the only other cars to finish on the lead lap were C.J. Leary, Kyle O'Gara, and Caleb Armstrong, who completed the top five. So another huge win for Tyler. Just amazing. And, Zach, on the phone line right now, we're, we've caught up with uh, our 74th annual Lucas Oil Little 500 winner, Tyler Rourke. Tyler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me on, guys. Man, it seems like we just did this a little while ago. I can't believe it's been a year. Um, how's, the first, how's the second one taste? Any better than the first one? Uh, well, you know, there's, uh, there's nothing like that, that first win in a big race like that. But, uh, you know, this, uh, it was two completely different races from the first one to the second one, you know, so, uh, definitely had to go through a lot more adversity the second time. Um, but we never gave up. So, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. Talk to me. We know these, these cars aren't real durable. I heard you had, uh, read that you had some trouble, some contact and, and there was a point in this race where you did not think you had a chance to win it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I got up to third, um, after a pit stop and I was, I was behind Bobby Santos. He was in second and Tanner Swanson was leading. Um, and we were racing pretty hard, um, but clean, you know, and, um, a lap car got spun out in front of me and Bobby. And I was at that point, I was, I was setting them up to try and get underneath of them coming out of turn four. And, uh, just as I turned down, uh, you know, from behind him, I saw that car sitting there or spinning and a uh, Bobby had already checked up and I was just a split second late. And, um, I went over his left rear tire with my right front and, uh, he ended up flipping and everything. And, and I, I ended up stopping on the front stretch, uh, from spinning, I guess. And, um, they threw the red, which, was a saving grace for me because I didn't lose any laps. Talk about, too, uh, we, we also understand that wasn't the last time 
that you had some some incidences where you you thought this race might be over because first of all when you jump tires with with someone in these open wheel cars your race usually is over so you got a blessing there but again racing open wheel in a tight confounds of anderson speedway your night of of questioning whether or not you were going to make it to the end wasn't over this was a tough race for you yeah you know uh that bent the front axle and, and bent uh, the front shocks and everything. And yeah, there was another instance. Uh, so I went to the tail obviously because I stopped and um, which was fine. It's better than losing any laps. Sure. But uh, you know, so I'm coming back up through there and the car surprisingly still drove pretty good. Um, I was shocked. And uh, so we're marching back through there and there, I, you know, and most of the cars I'm passing, we're not on the lead lap and I was, um, so I get to get to a car that, that was at least one lap down to me. And, um, I don't know, I was, I was under him a few times and I got pinned behind lap cars and whatnot. And, uh, I was trying to get around him, you know, so I could get back to the leader. And, uh, he kind of went in on the outside into turn one and, you know, so I drove, so I drove under him. Um, and, uh, then on corner exit, uh, I, I think he was trying to get under the car in front of him. And, uh, when I was, I was like already on his left rear, you know, or right next to him. And then we touched, unfortunately, and he spun around and, um, feel bad about that. But I mean, I don't, I just, you know, I didn't, I don't see anything I could have done a whole lot different there. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm on the lead lap trying to, trying to get back up front. Um, it's just, way it goes in that race, you know, you got to fight lap cars a lot. And I heard after lap 400, you're turning 11 and a half second laps, which on that little track is still hauling the mail pretty good. Uh, that had to even surprise you. Yeah, I think our fastest laps of the race, or actually the fastest laps of the race, were like at lap 400 or something like that, or 401, right around there. And uh, which which shocked me, you know, because like I said, you know, we, we tore the car up, front end up pretty good. And it, uh, it was just a long race, but I mean, that just shows you how good how good my car is and um you know it uh to be able to go through what i put it through it uh, it was still fast so uh i got i was i was awfully lucky so this is always the thing that we you know on the dirt side we we've always joked about when you bend the race car and it goes faster you look you just throw the notebook out the window uh do you go back and tell the cb fabricating guys launch this thing off of something before we bring it back <laughs> uh, no i don't I definitely don't think it was faster after what happened. It was just fast enough still, you know, um, definitely didn't drive as good as it had before. You know, it was kind of like a fucking Barranco going through the, <laughs> the holes and, uh, three and four, but, uh, it was, it was just fast enough. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't as good as it, as it could have been, but you know, a lot of the other front runners had, had issues, obviously, you know, Santos did when me and him tangled and, um, Cody Swanson did, Tanner Swanson did. So, you know, um, that all, I mean, their misfortune made, made my night a lot easier. What goes through your head after you have a couple of incidents like that and, and you're, and you're driving this race car and I, I guess you could have been super disappointed because you're working your way through the pack, getting back up front. Um, do you want I, I know how detailed you are with your race cars, you know? So, I mean, what do you, what are you thinking at that time? Are you like, I, I can't believe this. Yeah. I mean, the first one just, it happened, you know, with, with me and Bobby, that was, I mean, that was a hard hit, you know, and it, uh, it, you know, I just thought, well, our race is over, you know, on the red flag, like I, you know, we're screwed, but they pushed me back off and, uh, we were still in the lead lap. So I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta at least try it. And, you know, we took the green and I made a laugh. I'm like, man, this thing is still pretty good. You know, the, the other, contact was just like incidental i guess but uh now the one when i think i had all four tires off the ground honestly (laughs) the first issue i don't want to get ahead of things tyler but uh, if you're not busy the day after memorial day weekend next year just give us a call we can give you a reservation now if you think it might be three in a row (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see uh I, i i'm shocked we made two in a row um i'm shocked i even had even one at one time really but uh yeah, we'll we'll keep trying and and keep trying to improve. You know, um, a lot of good cars there, a lot of good racers, and it's just uh, 
you know, it's a race that it's the race of the year for me. You know, it's the one I always look forward to and the one I put a lot of effort into. You know, this is pretty cool, too, because uh, you also ended a streak of domination by Cody Swanson in qualifying. Uh, going back to 2019, he had had the Fast Qualifier Award, and uh, he also won it in 2019. But then, you know, Bobby Santos in 2020, you last year, and uh, now taking the pole and winning it this year. Um, you, you talk about 500 rotations around that racetrack. Starting from the pole in that big of a race, does it mean anything? Uh, I mean, is it nice to be able to, to try to get out in front of that raging pack of three wide cars that early? Or, or I mean, t- tell me about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, being on the pole was cool. We set a new track record. I think, you know, I was more proud of that than – And, and a four-lap record too, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I, like I said, I think I was more proud of that than my performance in the race just because I felt like I made some really, really – nice corners but um yeah i mean the start of the race i actually dropped back to third which which i was fine with you know i didn't i didn't really want to be the first one through lap traffic there and because uh, <laughs> it, it is hard you know start of the race going through lap cars especially for the leader like last year you know cody got kind of dinged up going through uh lap traffic early uh early in the race and you know i just i didn't really want to do that so you know i waited about 100 laps and then and then got the lead and kind of kind of just took off from there. I also want to talk about uh, the fact that you are in some elite company right now when we talk about this event. Uh, this race going all the way back to 1949 uh, at Anderson Speedway with the little 500. You join a list of drivers. Uh, le- less than 10 other drivers have ever won this race back-to-back. And as far as the three-peat, you got some work to do to have the most in a row. Eric Gordon uh, from 2001 to 2005 picked up wins in the Little 500. And I, I don't know, obviously, that, that history of this race is a little before my time, but it just seems like each year we look at this race, Tyler, and the quality of drivers that are entering in just keeps getting better. You mentioned the misfortune for some of them, but you're going up against, you know, USAC champions, uh, former NASCAR winners, uh, you know, former dirt champions, former champions here, former champions there. Uh, this really is a all-encompassing race of talent. Yeah, it is. You know, it's kind of like a melting pot, uh, I think is the way I described it last time. You know, there's, you know, like like Bobby Santos, he's like a East Coast guy, right? He, he's a NASCAR modified guy and mm-hmm. super modified and as well as midgets and sprint cars. And, you know, you got Cody Swanson, who's like the king of silver crown and, and does a little bit of dirt and, and, and all this. And, you know, we had like Newman there and this a lot of guys that are very successful in a lot of, and a lot of disciplines that, that run good in that race. Tyler, you know it had to be me. I want to shift gears to the outlaw, right? It had to be me, not Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, some, a big event coming up to, to start off close to home, man. Um, everybody was waiting for Plymouth Speedway um, to start out with this Outlaw Grand Slam. Uh, tell me about that. And, man, you know, Kevin's putting a whole lot of money up if you can win all those races. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, it's it's like 10 minutes away from my house. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of uh, finishing up my car right now for it. And, um I'm I'm really excited. You know, I wish I could have went this last weekend, but I, obviously I was at Anderson. But uh, now it looks like it's going to be going to be huge. Uh, I guess the stands were packed last weekend. I can't imagine what they're going to be like this weekend. Uh, they got a lot of cars entered. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be that place is going to be a hot spot. Are you have you turned any laps? Or are you planning on the test there before you show up there this weekend? Um, actually, I made like. I don't know, maybe 10 laps there uh, before the Intimidator at Kalamazoo. But, you know, they had just done some work on the track and they hadn't repaved three and four yet. And it was pretty slippery. And honestly, I kind of didn't learn anything. So um, I'm excited to get back and, and see what it's like now. And, and I was going to ask you that, too. Uh, you know, have you seen the facility, you know, since they got everything done? I know that a lot of us have seen what they've done on Facebook. Uh, I, I'm excited for them to have such a nice facility again uh not that it wasn't nice when it was dirt i'm a dirt guy i thought it was great when it had dirt on it uh but this is a really this looks like it's gonna be a really nice pavement track yeah for sure um i haven't been there in a few weeks but uh you know i know they're putting a lot of work into it, a lot of effort um i think it's you know it's not all going to come at once right it's it's kind of like a work in progress still um you know maybe 
by the end of the year or next year, I think it'll be one of the uh, one of the nicest facilities we go to. So, Rich, I will see your Outlaw Super Late model and raise you a Dirt Car UMP Modified uh, because last year uh, was when we got to see Tyler work with uh, the folks down at Sherman and, and get some time behind that 65 car. Now, uh, Tyler, I know you had a lot of fun doing that, but I haven't seen you have to put tear-offs on your visor in a while. What's going on with that? Yeah, um, so I stay in contact with Todd, you know, a few times a week. He's a great guy, great racer. Um I think uh, we might do some racing here. I don't know, in maybe a few weeks or a month, uh, might get to do a little more. Just kind of depends on my schedule, you know, and uh, and his schedule, of course. But uh, he, uh, I think he has uh, all intentions of uh, of getting getting me to some more races. Tyler, before we let you go, um, obviously you're going to run the op- the uh, the Outlaw opener for the Grand Slam at Plymouth. What else you got on your Outlaw schedule coming up? In case anybody wants to wants to catch you um honestly i'm not totally positive what's after plymouth with the outlaw car i got the i'm gonna run the money in the bank next week uh and lee van dyke's car again and then i got two sprint car races i think um i think we have an outlaw race at anderson with the reveal the hammer series uh i guess it'd be two weeks from this weekend and i'm not real sure what's going on after that i'd have to i'd have to look on my schedule but uh should be uh should be a lot of you know pretty decent races for for us to go to this year. I, I want to ask you. I forgot to ask you one other question about the little five hundred because uh, this is uh, such a unique race at Anderson Speedway. In that pit stops are a big part of the race, and uh, a video that has been circulating Facebook is of you practicing in the shop pit stops. Not really something you're practicing, but the CB fabricating guys practicing pit stops. How important is that in that race? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, the last two years I've been the first one out of the pits on both stops. So, which, I mean, we usually come in, you know, first or second, it seems like, but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that makes a huge difference. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, those guys are all, are all just good friends of mine. You know, I don't like, I don't pay them to, to come and help. They just, they do it because they love racing and they want to help out and they're all, they're all really, really good. It's just it was just a really cool video uh, to to see you know with the with the air lift and the I mean everybody's got a job everybody knows exactly what they're doing this is well orchestrated well oiled machine uh, and and it's just it's an element of that race that I don't even think about until I see it play out. Yeah, it uh, pit, pit stops definitely uh, <laughs> they can get kind of wild. You know, the first pit stop I think. Uh, there was like a truck sitting in the middle of the exit and, and a couple cars around. I had to like oh, no. zigzag my way out of the pits, but, uh, but it worked out. Cause obviously it's a, take me through that process, right? So the, these cars are running, uh, they have to be pushed off to fire. Uh, so you bring them in and, and shut them down. And then, I mean, do you have to have your own guy there with a four wheeler to get you down and away and get you off pit road? How does that work? Oh no. Uh, it's, uh, the track supply is push trucks. So, um, and, you know, the push trucks have like a, I think there's like a spotter or two or per se for each end. And, uh, you know, the first one done, they try and send a truck to, but I mean, sometimes you, you don't get a truck. I've been fortunate to, to get a truck because we've been done. First one's done and we're usually the first ones in. So, I mean, it, uh, it gets crazy. I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll be under green and a push truck will be pushing a car out. And I mean, you go right by a push truck on the apron or something, you know, it, uh, it, it gets pretty uh, pretty intense. Last thing for me, and then I'll let you go. You win back-to-back little 500s. You win in the outlaw car. It seems like you look at that outlaw car and you got a big check in your hands. Um, what's what's next, Tyler? I mean, this is great. You're running around regionally kicking everybody's hiney, but, I mean, are we looking at a silver crown situation? Are we trying to go somewhere else? What are, what are you trying to do right now? Are you focusing on Rocket? I mean, what, what what's your plan? What do you want to do? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to do a little more silver crown racing. Um, I don't really have a ride right now. So, um, you know, there's that, but, um, well, I don't, I don't know, know how, I don't know how a repeat little 500 champ, somebody's got to look right. Somebody's got to look your way. Yeah. It's just, you know, just the way it is, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I don't know as far as like what I want to do. I mean, you know, I got a couple bucket list things I still want to do. Like I want to win at IRP. I want to win at Winchester. Um, I really want to run a super modified still. Oh, there you Just, go. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, 
I really want to pick up one of these big super late model wins at Berlin, you know, um, been working hard on that, but, uh, we haven't had a lot to show for it at, uh, at least this year anyway. Um, so we will, uh, We'll try again next week. Well, Tyler, man, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you. Congratulations on uh, back-to-back little 500 wins, joining an elite list of drivers to ever do it at Anderson Speedway. Just inside of 10 have ever won back-to-back little 500. So congratulations on that. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, always, always enjoy being on your show. Well, appreciate Tyler making the time to join us, Rich. Real quick, do you think, do you think that he can uh, – that he has what it takes to match that record of five in a row. You know, I, I, he has what it takes, but there's there's so you know, like he's told us before, there is some luck involved in that. Race, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and he and he went through plenty of it. So I don't know if he wants to dip down into that, uh, you know, that bucket too many times, and and say, okay, I can handle contact every time it happens because sometimes it's going to come back and bite you. Absolutely, but. But um, if he can run a clean race, I would pick him ag- pick him up against anyone that they line up next year. Absolutely. All right. Let- <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some other racing. I mentioned earlier in the show that Friday night was pretty much a wash. That was except for Winston Speedway. They managed to get it in up in the Great White North. Not really the Great White, but up north nonetheless. Rich Neeser grabbed the super late model win Friday night. And how about Jacob Poole going back to victory lane with another IMCA modified win. This cat is, uh, it didn't take him very long, Rich. Didn't take him very long at all. I think he's starting to get the hang of that IMCA modified. What do you think, Zach? Uh, Look out, uh, (laughs) AJ Ward. Look out, Gary uh, Vandermark. He's coming for you. Uh, I think think he's got their attention by now, trust me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach, uh, Berlin Raceway had, you know, they, uh, they had a Money in the Bank qualifier this weekend, and I had to read this story. Bubba Pollard came up of course, and picked picked up the win. So Bubba Pollard has a guaranteed starting spot in the Money in the Bank event. So nice run for Bubba Pollard. And at Corbin Oil Speedway on Sunday, here's one, Zach. Hunter Jack picked up the pro late model. I saw that. At Corrigan Oil Speedway and uh, in his brother's car. And then Bubba Brooks took home the Challenge Series race number three for the modifieds. Well, uh, as we mentioned, Mother Nature took out Tri-City Friday night as well, but All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series Merritt Speedway was the home for the weekend. Now, as we know from years past, Saturday ends up being kind of a fill day. Chad Finley took home the warm-up win Saturday night in the late models, but it was Cody Bauer who grabbed the huge $10,000 payday on Sunday after a pretty exciting race that Saw some heavy contact for a couple of the big contenders. Uh, the guy who went to victory lane and picked up the big money is joining us now, Cody Bauer, uh, joining us tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Cody, welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Man, I got to tell you, this is uh, this is a big win for you. Uh, when I say big, this is is this your biggest win of your career? Oh, by far, yeah. This is, this is definitely the biggest one that I've ever had, for sure. Take me through this race. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get to Merritt Speedway this summer uh, yet. Rich, I don't think you've been there yet. Uh, first couple of guys that I've seen go to Victory Lane have started near the front, and we know we know what the struggles were last year with that racetrack. First off, tell me how Merritt Speedway has been. Honestly, it's been a lot different than uh, it was last year, I think, in my opinion. Um, before the feature, actually, me and few other guys that had come up and talked to me i'm like man it looks like it's going to get rubbered up around the bottom again and uh that actually wasn't the case um i was kind of smiling when when it was like that because i started on the pole obviously but they went and put some water on the outside of it and um you know we, we took the green there and rusty went around me on the top i'm like holy smokes i guess the bottom <laughs> not the place to be <laughs> is anybody so, shocked uh, that rusty blew your doors off on the top though yeah, I was, um, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it, honestly, I could tell you that, and uh, it kind of moved to, you know, one lane on the top there for a little bit, but I would say probably with 20 to go, once that blew off, it kind of moved around, I know at least when I got into lap traffic, it, it, I was able to, to move around quite a bit, um, and, and do some passing around the lap cars, so um, I would say it was it was pretty decent track, I mean, the first, you know, 30, yeah, it was probably locked down on the top, but um it, it definitely moved around throughout the night. Now, I have to ask you the tough questions because I was able to watch the video. Um, did you have enough to run Rusty down if, if, if that contact doesn't happen? 
I would have liked to find out. Um, he uh-huh. actually, we, we ran different tire selection, actually. Um, he ran a lot harder, and I went softer, and that's another reason I couldn't believe how good he, he took off on the initial start and, and kind of walked away from me. But I feel like after about, I don't know, 10, 15 laps, right after his incident, that my car really started coming into it. So um, I think it would have been a heck of a race, in my opinion, but um, I guess we'll never know. Talk about these long weekends too. Uh, I, you know, for the racer, for the racetrack, for your equipment, uh, you got the 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 filler show, if you will, on Saturday. Now Friday got washed out, so that helped. But you got the filler show on Saturday, then the big show on Sunday. Uh, how do you conserve? Is there anything you learn uh, by running both days? Did you run both days? T- tell me about your weekend. Yeah, we actually did run both days, um, and it was, I would say, pretty similar um, track conditions uh, as far as running the top it shocked me a little more on on sunday than it did saturday um but yeah it's definitely uh try and conserve a little bit on saturday and you know when i learned a few things on saturday that definitely helped me get the car set up for uh sunday to to make it as good as it was now it's not like you haven't won a race before but it's the dollar amount right we all we all know that dollar amount changes things uh you joined some elite company since this all-star performance late model challenge series started Dona Marcoulier, Travis Stemmler, uh, Rusty Slank, all ten thousand dollar wins. That's some. That's that's a pretty group. Pretty good group to be mentioned with. Yeah, it is. It is too. It's. Uh, I don't think it's still set in a hundred percent yet, honestly, because we actually left after we won on Sunday and drove down to Indiana for the the Rayburn Memorial. Um, that ten thousand dollar show there on Monday. So um, I got back home about four thirty this morning oh, and then uh, worked all worked all day. So it's uh. It's starting to sink in now that we're starting to get settled down a little bit and uh, you know get reorganized here, and it's definitely a good feeling. Like I said, it's uh, way a long time for, for something like that to come my way, and man, I tell you, the feeling of that was just so awesome. You know, we've got to talk. We've got to talk a lot in the past couple of years, Cody. Um, I don't know that you sound any more positive since you picked up that domination race car. Yeah, I mean, I've been happy with it since we've got it you know that first car we got from rusty i mean right out of the box that thing i won my first feature in a late model i think my fourth or fifth night out in one of his cars and i probably could have won three more if i knew how to drive it back then (laughs) but it's uh yeah these cars are awesome and this new stuff he has going on i tell you what it's really working well on these tracks around here and i mean we've run downstate fairly well this year too you know with some top-notch competition so yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't be more happy with my car. Now, Rusty posted on Facebook that he told you before that race that he was standing on the roof of a domination race car when the checkered flag fell. He didn't care if it was his or yours, uh, and obviously he had his misfortune. How, how, uh, take me through that moment, that embrace on the on the roof of the car. Uh, it didn't look like Rusty was still angry about what had happened. He looked just as thrilled as you did that you put it in victory lane. Yeah, he was pretty pumped up. Like he said, that's probably. <laughs> the most mad he's been to the most happy he's been in that short amount of time, you know, it's, uh, um, he couldn't be more happy for us and the team. And, you know, a lot of guys, you know, that whole domination crew puts a lot of time and effort and, you know, helping us on setup with everything. And it's definitely got us dialed in to where we were able to, to pull something like that off. Um, and I can't thank them guys enough, Rusty and Dusty, and, you know, Shane and all them guys over there in the shop that help, you know, put these things together. Now, Cody, it's not obviously, like I said, you know, it's not your first feature win, so it's not like you've never done that before. But this puts all this this makes the 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 wood tick coming up in August a whole lot more important um, because now you know you can win an event like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, last year when we we brought that brand new car out there at the wood tick, you know, we were fairly dominant there on Friday night with it, and uh, just had a misfortune in the feature with a, a blown power steering line. So. Um, I know we've, we've been very competitive, you know, on these things. It's just, uh, you know, between a little bit of bad luck and, uh, and me honestly just learning and, and not making mistakes, you know, has, has honestly been a lot of it. Um, and that's just me learning as a driver to, you know, try and do the best job I can. And I think, you know, the experience showed, you know, Sunday I, I made very few mistakes and I think that's what, what helped, you know, lead to the win. And, you know, I think it's important, too. I think people forget, Cody, because you came out 
and you were competitive in the late model right away, right? I mean, you were very fast with your modified. You always were. And then you got in the late model, and, and it only took you a, a couple of nights before you were competitive. Then you pick up wins, and, and, you know, I think it's easy. You travel so much. People forget it's only been, what, Cody, the four years maybe? Yeah. Well, I started in the late models in 19, so, so yeah. Three. Okay. That's be Yeah. Yep. So it's been – handful and like i said every every year you're learning you know as a driver and as working on the car um gaining that experience is is huge to to running up front in these races you know you're running up front you know top fives consistently eventually you know one night the stars are going to align and you'll be able to pull one off like that and that's just just what happened with us on sunday you kind of spoke on it a little bit and, and i want you to elaborate on this a little bit more Everyone on this show knows who Rusty Schlenk is, three-time Dirt Car UMP national champion. Um, we, we know how he's going to be on the racetrack. Uh, he, he's not going to want to be around Dona Marcoulier. He and Chad Finley don't exactly have beers together. Uh, you know, he, he's a hard race car driver, will we'll blow the doors off on the top, and, and is really good in big money races. We know who he is as a race car driver. What's the relationship like working with him as not a car owner, let's be clear, but as a chassis builder and as, uh, you know, a, someone that you do business with, what's it, what's that relationship been like for you? It's, it's been great. I mean, I can, I can tell you, I couldn't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't afford to, uh, you know, go get a, a brand new rocket or a brand new longhorn, you know? Um, and that's kind of why we, we made our decision when we went with Rusty was, you know, to kind of fit our budget, you know, as a race team of what we could do. And, um, I tell you, it's been more than I ever expected it to be. Um, the help that he's given me, uh, has just been phenomenal and learning, you know, what things do to the car and, you know, how to make it better. And not only that, but just how to drive it better. What I need to do on the track, um, has been huge. I mean, the help that you get there is, is second to none. I mean, I don't think I could get that anywhere else. And I think it's gotta be pretty cool. Uh, you know, you pull into that Bauer race shop and uh, two trophies. Dad packs one in too. That yeah, I mean, you guys, right. you guys, uh, you guys couldn't have had a better night than that. Yeah, that was awesome to see him pull off the win right before we went out. I'm like, man, I really need to step up to the plate here. <laughs> Make a great night, and uh, and it the stars just aligned, like I said. And that was, I mean, our car was like I said after about 20 laps in, that thing fired off, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to how to explain it any better than that. It was just good. Like it almost wanted to drive itself. So. Now I got to ask, and I'm not, I'm not making assumptions. This is why I'm asking if dad would have been the only one to win out of the shop. Would he have let you know about it? Oh, I'm sure I would have got some. At least I don't have to worry about that at this point. That's right. That's right. You know, you know what I would tell him, you know what I would tell him? I was the last one to pick up a win in this shop. I don't know what you're waiting on. Go get you another one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's one of that's a domination car too. You know, like I said, the help you get with them guys is is huge. You know, they've done a lot of work to it this winter and went through and changed some things to to make it better and, and it's definitely shown these first couple of weeks with him as well. Cody, I gotta ask you, you know, with the I mean, it's no secret with the weather we've had here this spring um, nobody has been able to get fluent with getting on racetracks. And it just seems like every weekend there's a rain out or, or some weekends you don't get on the track at all. Um, how does that affect you in, in trying to make, make that 19 X faster? Because, you know, you're always having to change plans, go here, go there where it's not, uh, you know, where the weather isn't a factor. Right. Yeah. I mean, it does make it tough, but you know, we've run around these home tracks so much, you know, we kind of have a, a general idea on a base setup, you know, that'll get us halfway close and then just trying to, you know, perfect it throughout the night from there. Um, I think, and that's a lot of cases with a lot of guys that we race with, you know, all the bigger name guys around here are, are that way. I feel like, um, I mean, as far as going to different tracks, you know, like when we went down to Illinois and raced with them guys, I mean, we got our butts kicked, but I feel like down there, you know, as a driver and as figuring out the, the car, I feel like it helps a ton. And, you know, I mean, even that shows with, you know, Logan Arntz, I mean, he went down there for, for two weeks with them guys, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think he made one show with them guys and he comes home the next weekend and, and pulls off a win at Tri-City, which is, 
probably one of the most difficult tracks to win on. And so. that's, what, that's what I was going to say, too, is you just said exactly what Logan told us last week is I went to Illinois, got my rear end handed to me on a platter, and then I came home and, and showed these boys where it was at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know I know exactly the feeling. It's uh, it's hard to run with them guys, and when you can do it and go down there and you're you know running with guys like Devin Moran and, you know, like uh, last night we were running with Ryan Gustin and Turbo and all them guys, it's, they're hard to run with and they they make you better for sure they, they definitely make you step your game up both you know setup wise and driver wise so i think that definitely helps when when we come home to to race our home tracks as well well man uh it's it's awesome to see you bag the big money i know small team like you and and our current uh status in the world that's going to go a long well it's not going to go a long way but it's going to help a ton right. uh get you <laughs> back to the, <clears throat> get you back to the racetrack and uh congratulations man we're looking forward to seeing what you do uh the rest of the season and uh, go get you another one yeah thank you we're, we're definitely gonna gonna try for sure and uh i definitely couldn't do it with all the the people behind me there's so many people that help you know me and my dad and keep both our cars going every week so i just want to take a minute and thank them at least um austin and mike jake uh bob you know he's been with me the last four years in the late model you know i wouldn't wouldn't be where i'm at today without him you know picking me up under his wing and, and and getting me in a late model so that's definitely huge and you know rusty and their their whole crew um, my dad hope I'm not forgetting anyone um, all the all the guys that helped me in the shop you know that worked for me and always help work on the car every now and again to, to make it possible for us to get there and um, yeah I just can't thank them all enough then we got to wait a few days and then you can thank the tire lab for passing your tire test right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm better pass them we're all brand new <laughs> starting on the pole I wasn't putting a used one on so um yeah, once that happens and the check clears, that would be uh, be definitely good for our team to, to try and, you know, get stuff up to par here for these next few bigger shows. Man, congratulations again, and uh, just want to say one more time, good luck. Cody Bauer, uh, nicely done, and we uh, look forward to seeing you at a racetrack soon. All righty, thank you guys. Look forward to seeing you as well. All right, Rich, this jam-packed show just keeps on getting jam-packed tighter and tighter and tighter because quickly we have to do the answers for this week's, last week's Gary Did You Know. Okay, so uh, it, so we had had the first the first question we had, it was answered correctly, but nobody answered the other three. So, oh, okay. Hey, so we're not buying any gifts this week or no prizes this week. That's right. But the, but let's go through these real quick and, and we'll – Gary was starting to do wordplay. Remember that? He's starting to play with words a little bit more on his questions, which I think are fun. But uh, let's start out with this. Question number one. What was Felix Brooks' favorite flat rock number? Now, I don't even know who Felix Brooks was. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, this is back in the day. But the but Brad Bergevin got that correct. He must have found it somewhere. The answer was 555. All right. 555 was the answer. All right. And I thought somebody else would have done been able to figure this out uh, without doing too much Google research. But you could say this racing family in Indiana always has a road to heaven. I I would have never came up with it. You went the answer: the St. John's family. All right. So, yeah, the St. Johns are they're they run down there at Speedrome, Indianapolis Speedrome, run figure eight. So I, I have seen them race before, and I was familiar with that one. So. I would have had to think about it, but at least I was familiar. So let's go. Uh, question number three. You could say this driver was all about craft beer. I like it. And if you remember the you remember the, the teaser that we gave, yes. that it, what it wasn't, right? I don't, remember, it, I don't remember who we said it wasn't. It was not Dennis Kraft. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. No, I liked, I liked the play on words for this one. Right. So the answer is Rick Stout. Rick Stout. See, I like the. I like, I like how it. Work. I like going. it. It's fun. Let's go to f the final question. Question number four. This driver was a rival of Harold McGilton and a real hot dog in his day. Gary. Gary. Do I got it? You want to give this one? How about <clears throat> the footlong Al Franks? There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's that is good. That is good. So yeah, I, 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 it's cool, you know. Uh, I, I like to play on words; it makes you think a little bit, you know. 
to, to the to how the questions phrase but we got to thank gary for doing this every month for us uh everybody out we always have a good time with it we have a good time with gary and um you know like we said we we had a couple of winners in april in april's quiz so we'll see how uh we'll see i'm really nervous we'll see how gary does with the june quiz coming up here in a couple of weeks and uh, one of the first guys who picked up a big weekend win uh, is just down the road from me. Uh, I, I probably could have gone to his house, had a couple cold ones, and done the show that way. <laughs> yeah, probably could have, Zach. But, uh, you know, he picked up his first must-see racing win of the year at Kalamazoo this weekend uh, and in dominating fashion, to be honest. Uh, we'll get into all that and more. Jason Blom, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, you guys. Thanks for having me. Man, um, talk to me about this. You know, I mean, I, I was – kind of doing some research and I heard you made a quote in victory lane that you don't remember having a car that dominant. Um, was it that good? Yeah, it was, uh, hard to believe it was that good just cause everybody else was so loose and they had no bite in the cars at all. And we were just the opposite. I mean, I could pretty much drive that thing in there as hard as I wanted to and just had all the side bite in the world. And man, it was just crazy fast. Is it the temperature that, Kind of, and the type of pavement, which pavement track you're on, knowing how that reacts, you know, when the tires get hot, does the track slick off? I mean, do you put all that in to determining if you want a tighter or looser car? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but like our car loves nighttime. It, uh, it's not very good when the sun's out. So we're always fighting it when the sun's out. So we kind of, last year, we just kind of learned just to leave it alone. Don't touch it because we always dial ourselves right out of the, the park. So, uh, if we're close, just leave it alone, and usually nighttime it comes right in. Now, you and I were talking in uh, March or April. I said, you got to be getting ready to go here, and you said, well, uh, maybe uh, on one side of the thing, but on the payment side, we, we don't race until Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that's a long <laughs> time to sit there and wait to get a chance to get behind that iconic 42. Yeah, it is, and uh, that's uh, kind of why we got with uh, Mike Baker racing there and Got some, uh, got us a couple dirt shows in at Butler, and uh, we're actually planning to go there this Saturday. So, yeah, with like six to eight pavement shows for the year, we just, you know, man, it's just, it's hard to go watch my, for yeah. myself. I mean, love going to watch, you know, Keith Shepard Jr. Uh, my daughter's dating him, and uh, it's just hard to sit there and watch. I, I got to be in the car, or else, and then if I'm sitting at home, I'm watching it on, you know, Flow Racing, or. Yeah. You know, so it's I got to do something. So that's kind of why we did that deal. Tell me about that because uh, I know last year, uh, you know, you guys had to branch out a little bit to get your races in. I ended up seeing you down in Nashville with uh, kind of a uh, co-promoted race. I want to talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But the pavement sprint car world right now, and I've been saying this for a couple of years, winged sprint cars on pavement specifically. Uh, man, I don't, I don't like the way it looks in this area, just to be truthful. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, blooming anywhere else in the country, but around here, Jason, it, it looks like it's a tough go for you guys. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I think in Michigan we got, what, three shows, and then everything else is out of state. And, uh, yeah, it's just tough right now. I don't know if it's just a wave. You know, the dirt's on a high right now and the pavement's down or – right now and then the, i know out west you know colorado it's kind of booming out there but i don't think they have much for dirt out there too so uh you just kind of got to ride the wave i guess and you know see what happens uh man it's just i think the biggest thing is we just lost so many cars if we could get the car counts back to you know 20 25 cars a night i think that's going to help us get more shows you know get more people interested but uh we just got to get back to them. What more a, cars. What, what do you what do you attribute the car loss to? Just uh, you know, uh, branching off of that. I mean, is there one thing that you look at that says that's why why we're losing cars? I know, Rich. We've talked with our Outlaw Super Late Model guys about this a lot. You know, what's why is this class struggling? And uh, you know, tires or rules or this, that, and the other thing. I know there was a time period there where you know you had two sanctions: one running on Hoosier, one running on American Racer, and everybody was saying, "Well, that's killing us." Uh, now what? I mean, now you you got really yep. you got one sanction left. Right, right. And not, that that didn't help us, you know, to start off the thing with the two sanctions going at it and uh, two different tires going at it. Uh, you know, that probably started the whole thing. And then now just everybody's either, you know, going non-wing. They had, you know, 40 cars at the little five, and we'll see what they bring, you know, for their non-wing show coming up. But, uh, you know, just the wing thing kind of, I don't know if everybody just got mad and, Parked them or what? But uh, yeah, just not a good deal. I just you know hope hope it gets back. 
um, not sure what we got to do to get it back. Jason, we we had Charlie Schultz on the show earlier this year. And, um, you know, I I told him, you know, I I deal a lot with Scott Schultz, no relation, at Toledo Speedway. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you believe that maybe these cars at at some tracks are just getting too fast? Uh, Yeah. I mean, back when we first started, we were 750 horse, and now they're pushing 1,000 horse. So, I mean, every year it's getting faster and faster. I mean, it's just. It's getting crazy, really. Um, but yeah, is it, like is it more dangerous? Is it around, more dangerous now? And the speeds are getting up there a little bit. I don't know. It's just, man, when they when they break, like Zach was down at Nashville, we had two axles break down there, and it destroyed the cars. I mean, the guys were lucky enough to walk away, but uh, man, them big tracks are if something breaks, it, and it's not that they're going that much faster. It's just all that downforce, g-force, whatever. It's just if you don't have a brand new piece you know, brand new parts, it's going to find it and it's going to break. And man, it destroyed two cars last year. Let's talk about Nashville for a second, because you looked really good down there. I don't think we've talked to you since you went down. Uh, this was a uh, collaborative between two uh, sprint car sanctions and kind of getting together. Must see was down there along with the, uh, uh, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. What's the name yeah, of that the other thing? King of the Wing. King of the Actually, Wing. Just the King of the Wing show. So yeah. at any rate, uh, King of the Wings are there and uh, decent field of cars. Like you said, a couple of guys break, a couple of guys wreck. Uh, you had a really good showing, though. That 42 car was strong, and then uh, some pesky guy that goes by the name of Bobby kind of got in there and ruined the parade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whenever Bobby's in town, he's uh, he's tough to beat. But, uh, yeah, same deal. You know, we kind of struggled for qualifying and heat race because the sun was out. And, man, it came to life right when the when it got dark and took off there for a minute. And then we had a, one of them pes- pesky yellows that – Yep. So I think we probably had a good straightaway on them or so, and then, yep, that caught everybody up. And, I, uh, I got to tell everybody, you asked me, you said, uh, what do you know about this racetrack? And I said, watch your rear end coming out of turn two. <laughs> and sure enough, I saw you about skate up to the fence one time on the backstretch, man. Uh, I, I can't imagine running that place in a sprint car. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, it's almost reminded me of like a Winchester, you know, it's just pretty high banked and high speed. And with that track, though, we had to run the restrictors and the and injection. So it kind of tamed it down, down the straightaways, you know, it was kind of like a one speed. It wasn't like pulling really hard, like some tracks, but uh, it really tamed down the, you know, the horsepower a little bit and kind of oh, kept it more even, I guess. Let's go back. Let's, let's go back to uh, Kalamazoo just, just for a minute. You know, I've, I've, I think probably out of all you guys, I've probably seen Jimmy McCune race the most just because I work at Toledo Speedway. And and he's never. I don't know that he's ever missed a race in his life there, right? Because he's from there. Um, why would he? He was happy and had a smile on his face that he ran second. And anybody who knows Jimmy says, "Now something's wrong with that," because everybody knows how competitive he is. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just he was his car was off a little bit, so he's happy to at least get second. You know, that could have been it. Or yeah. But like, so it's kind of weird because last year we had the same identical scenario happen. He he started out leading the feature, then I passed him about halfway to go and took off about half track on people, and uh, we had a caution, and the same thing happened this year. And last year, I huh. picked the outside on the restart. Well, on the green flag, I almost ended up in the pits because it was not turning, and he ended up winning that race, and I kicked myself in the butt all year. Every time I thought about Kalamazoo, I'm like, I'm not starting on the top. If I have to restart, I'm going to the bottom, and that's what I did, and it worked out for me. You know, Jason, uh, you're a Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer, and usually when we say that people are Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famers, they start slowing down. And, and I think about you, and I think about Brett Mann, uh, two sprint car drivers still going hard in the paint, uh, not slowing down at all. In fact, as you alluded to earlier, you picked up a dirt ride again for this year. Uh, talk about working with Scott Baker and kind of how that team, uh, you know, I think it's a fair assessment to say you guys aren't firing on all cylinders right out of the box, but I think you're having fun. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's the, the, the most thing we just want to do is just go out and have some fun. And uh, like I said, instead of sitting around during the weekend, let's go do some racing. And, uh, yeah, it's Mike Baker. Um, he's out of Vicksburg area. That's right, Mike. I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, his car sitting there. He's, I mean, it's for sale and everything. Just uh, He said, hey, just go race it. And uh, if we sell it, we sell it. And until we do, let's just go out and have fun at Butler and uh, make some laps. And that's what we've been doing. And, man, right from the practice out there, we were – it felt really good and felt to get back in the 
in the feet for dirt. And then the first night out there, we were running second pretty good. And then, you know, just slipped off the top side, trying to run it in a little too hard on the top. And just me getting back into the, the dirt mode is a little different. I mean, it's so much different as far as trying to see because the pavement tracks are so lit up. Yeah. And now going back to the dirt tracks, I, I'm having a hard time telling where the corner is and how high I can go. And That's that Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame status coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that pavement stuff kind of spoils you, you know. Now talk about uh, talk about so that's a difference uh, drivability wise. I mean, are you what's the crossover like? I, I think we've talked about this before. The downforce is so crazy on pavement because you're picking up speed and you got so much grip. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, in certain scenarios, I know that you can get a lot of grip and a lot of downforce on a dirt car. But up here in Michigan, you're doing a lot of skating around. Uh, quite a bit different, right? And it is. Yep. Just. When it gets really, really slick, you know, it just, uh, just got to remember to use that, like there's an egg underneath your foot, you know, and then with the pavement, man, you, that spoils you too, because you don't have to worry about that egg a lot of times. But, uh, so yeah, just getting back into that mode, you know, it wasn't too bad of a transition. Um, still trying to, you know, get the setup for the really dry, slick places. Um, so yeah, we'll see this weekend how it goes. And, and another thing too, you know, just the bumps kind of really were bugging me. I mean, Man, when I hit them bumps, I'm about flipping, and everybody else is going right through them, you know, pretty nice. So I got to learn to get around them bumps. Jason, I I may be mistaken, but I swore that two or three years ago when we had you on the show, you said, I'm going to step away. I've had enough of this. This is this is it. it do you remember having that conversation? No, no I don't. I, I, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to kind of slow down your racing a little bit and, and do it less, but it it sounds yeah. like you're still going in I, high gear. I, I think I remember this, too, because, Jason, I think at the time you had a micro sprint in the garage. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. What, yeah. what, uh, yeah, what I think came of that? Time, yep, but it just, uh, man, if I have an opportunity, I'm just going to take it now, you know, because that opportunity is never gonna, it might not never get there again. So if I have a chance to jump in something, I'm going to do it while I can. So that's kind of why this is happening you know you mentioned earlier and i was going to ask you about this and uh so you brought it up as richard say you brought it up so i'm gonna i'm gonna run with it um you mentioned uh keith sheffer jr and uh the relationship that he's in with your daughter and i thought when i saw that i thought man oh man i do not want to be <laughs> keith sheffer jr i can tell you that right now uh <laughs> what's that been like to uh kind of see that connection and and uh, you know, your relationship with Keith, too, watching him as a young up-and-coming sprint car driver, uh, does it take you back to, to the days when you were, you know, a teenage kid running around the, the, the racetracks in Michigan? It does, really. I mean, it's kind of weird because it's, it's so much what happened with Jenny, my wife and I. I mean, it's it's like to a T how this has happened with Morgan and Keith, you know, with myself and Jenny. It's just kind of it's eerie to see, you know, because it's happened the same exact way as it happened to us so it's kind of cool but yeah it's uh definitely awesome to to see them grow together and uh it's definitely fun to watch him race i mean man he's just he keeps learning and learning and he listens and he's he's fun to watch and a great showing down at kokomo too and and you've had a chance to race him too which i think uh you know we had this down in nashville where we had a uh, a son and a father-in-law go head to head and battle and you know you kind of wondered what thanksgiving dinner was going to be like at the end of the year and uh you've had a chance to race with keith what'd you think yep yeah definitely a blast we raced him at uh, crystal in his uh in his spare car up there last year non-wing and uh it was a blast because i was on his bumper the whole time <laughs> man, if i could have just if i could have just passed him you know that would have been pretty cool yeah man yeah so t talk to me about what what else is going on i mean you you're running this this car for baker you've got the 42 car uh every time i see you you're chomping at the bit you're itching to get behind the wheel of something um any plans to go back full-time dirt? I mean, uh, are you going to try to get something going for you again? Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, everything's just kind of up in the air as of now and uh, see how it goes. What about know, Nate Bevar? Did I see payment. Nate post that he's going to get back into it? You're going to be a part of that? Who's that? Nate. Nathan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just uh, getting a car together, just uh, going to see where that goes type of thing and um, but he's been helping us out on the other dirt car there, just, you know, a little bit here and there. And so we got to thank him for sure. Um, Bill Warner's been helping us back, my old crew chief back in the day, you know, in the 90s. Um, 
the Phil Renew, and uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, we got Tony Baker on the dirt, dirt team, and he's been getting us a couple sponsors here and there. We got Sparks Excavating, Flint Trucking, and Irvin's Hardware. So we got to thank Tony Baker for that. He's my my sister-in-law's boyfriend, so it's pretty cool. Jason, I'm going to piggyback on what Zach said. You know about the options of of events that you have to go to on the pavement. It, you know, it's a little less these days. Have you thought about you know, I mean, it seems like on dirt you have all the options in the world. Uh, any weekend you want to go. I mean, have, have you ever thought about it or do, you, or, or do you just have that much love for the pavement where that's going to come first and everything else comes second? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, just want to stick it out with the 42 guys. I mean, they've been so good to me, you know, so I'm going to stick it out with them for sure as long as this keeps going. Um, and they're they're almost at the end too. I mean, they're they're getting up there in age. I mean, Tony's been around forever. I mean, he had Gary Fidoa drive for him forever and uh, Tommy Fidoa. So it's pretty much a awesome deal to be driving for them guys. So, so yeah, we'll see where that goes. But you never know. I mean, some big dirt thing might happen, and we'll see what happens with that. Just waiting for that phone call. I think that uh, you need to talk to Keith Sheffer Sr. and tell him, uh, hey, look, uh, we need to we need to come up with something here. And let me put let me put your boy in his place. Uh, show him a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You have a big old two car team. That'd be time. That'd be a lot of fun, man. Yep. Well, I tell you what, it's uh, always fun to watch you race. I know you were excited to get back behind the wheel that forty two car. And uh, also, we were talking about your daughter. Uh, is she running? Is it you? Is it her or is it Jen? Uh, somebody's running a Facebook page for you. Looks pretty good. Oh yeah. Yep. I think the you know Jenny for doing that. She started that for me so yeah that's pretty cool because i'm not a you know a facebooker too much so yeah um yeah she takes care of takes all care of that cool man well it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh you know nice job congrats on the win i know that that that's got to fuel the fire even more you know you pick up a win and you say all right give me a somebody get me a steering wheel and a fire suit (laughs) yep yep i want more give me more for sure that's uh that's why we do it it's so hard to win these things anymore, and man, when you do, it feels so good. But uh, I think we got uh, Birch Run Speedway coming up in a couple weeks. I think that's on a Friday, so I'll be able to hit Butler on Saturday. So we're good to go. And you said you're going to be back at Butler this coming Saturday with the Baker car. Yep. All right. Yes. Cool, yep. man. Well, I always appreciate it. Thanks so much for making some time to chat with us, and uh, good luck this weekend. Hey, thanks, guys, and thanks for having me. All right, uh, time to put a bow on a jam-packed show tonight. And, uh, Rich, we're going to put you on the road for the upcoming calendar as we take a look at what's going on this coming weekend. Rich France is hitting the road with the ARCA CRA Super Series as they head back to Jennerstown Speedway. $10,000 to win. All green flag laps for 150 rotations. Names like Casey Roderick, Stephen Nassie, Jesse Love, Michael House, Dalton Armstrong, they're all set to do battle at Jennerstown. How about some local favorites? Kyle Crump, Albert Francis, Jeff Rusek. They're all getting set to go over to Jennerstown Speedway and Rich France. You're going to have the duties qualifying around 5.15, first race of the night at 6 o'clock Saturday over in Pennsylvania. When you say you're putting me on the road, Zach, you're putting me on the road, aren't you? I'm telling you what, <laughs> uh, grab, grab the Marlboro Light 100s, put gas in the old Ford pickup <laughs> truck, and have some fun. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um also, and you got something this weekend, yes. Zach. I-96 Speedway, a two-day show at I-96 for the full-throttle sprint cars. Talk about that. Yeah, this is going to be a huge day. You got fast 410 sprints on the 410 side of things. Then the Great Lakes Super Sprints have the property sealed up with 360 sprint cars. And then on the non-wing side of things, the Great Lakes traditional sprints go head-to-head with a Buckeye Outlaw sprint car series from down south in the state that we don't talk about. They're going to come up here to Michigan, and uh, they're going to go head-to-head Friday and Saturday night at I-96 Speedway, 8 o'clock green flag for both nights. And coming up on Friday night, uh, Tri-City Motor Speed will be back in action. Why? Well, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Night this week at Tri-City Motor Speedway. If you're a member, present your card. You get in for free at Tri-City this Friday. Uh, Late models going for $2,500 to win on Friday at Tri-City, Zach. And uh, Birch Run, we were talking about this. We learned about this initially at the Fan Club Bowling Banquet, Zach. Uh, Racing for Miracles, downright awesome night. Racing for Miracles benefiting Hurley Children's Hospital and the Children's Miracle Racing Network, uh, free ice cream, face painting, bike giveaways, 
50-50 drawing for the kids. All proceeds go to the Racing for Miracles. Uh, modifieds, 50 laps for the Modifieds, $5,000 to win. All other house divisions are in action only. Features only on Friday night at Birch Run. Racing kicks off at 7 p.m. Yeah, this is pretty cool. We had a chance to talk to these folks during the uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament, and uh, this Racing for Miracles benefit is really the real deal. And uh, I'm bummed that I won't be able to make it over there, Rich. I know you are, too. We, we, we talked about this event a lot in the off season, so uh, I hope they have nothing but success. 50 laps, $5,000 to win for one of my pav favorite pavement divisions in the Modifieds. Uh, so uh, I'm bummed I'm going to miss this one. I, how, how many cars do you think they're going to have? I bet you they have close to 30. That's modified, what I was going to say. Some, somewhere in the neighborhood yeah. of 30. Yeah. That's what I, for $5,000 to win, you don't see that every day. Yeah, I know. You know? It's going to be a good one. And it's a great, yeah. it's a great cause too. So, uh, and we kind of saw, we kind of saw that when we saw the schedules come out where we knew where we were going to end up working. We didn't know exactly where we were going. Right. But we knew it probably wasn't going to be Birch Run yeah. once we saw the schedule. Yeah. So good luck to them and good luck to everybody who's racing this weekend. I'm telling you what, the early forecast finally looks really good for the first weekend of June. So you should be able to uh, get in on that. So I tell you what, get your backside, track side. Rich and I don't care if you make the haul to Jennerstown or I-96. Go up to Merritt. Just get out and support your local racetrack. And uh, make sure you catch some racing this weekend. For Rich France, my co-host for Scott Miller, Pays the Bills, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking Jason Blonde, thanking Tyler Rorick, thanking Cody Bauer, and thanking you for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings, where next week we'll be back to our original time and place, Monday night, 9 o'clock, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.